Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of Games You Deserve. This week, Eric educates me and Smitty on the very early days of video games. If you think Pong was the first video game, well, you'll learn something today. Before we get to that, I just want to let you know that the Nintendo Switch Reserve of Ruiner is now available for pre-order at specialreservegames.com. It includes the awesome reserve box packaging, an instruction booklet, and an amazing art book. You can find information and links in the podcast notes below. And now on with the show. You know, everybody's familiar with Pong, right? You know, Pong. Sure. Paddle goes up and down. Pong. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that. And and that's definitely one of the oldest, you know, video games. It's not the oldest. Pong is like the what casual people think of is the oldest video game. And then like you talk to video game people and, and a lot of them remember something like space war, right? They, they heard of space war, which was like a mainframe, you know, type game it was coded in like punch tape and whatnot. But you know, that's, that's like us, us nerds get into that sort of thing. And that kind of thing wasn't commercially available. Like you could no, buy no. Pong. Well, I you mean, buy space war. A, a, a mainframe you you used to pay for time <laughs> yeah. you know time slices on, on that and and so yeah of course not but like they were at universities and stuff so you know you could maybe have some extra time on there depending upon what was going on but but i i found out that those aren't even really the oldest video games cuz it, it kind of depends on how you define a video game, right? Like a screen and some sort of thing to play. Um, and there's there's these two that were both made available in for a, like an expo. You remember like the World Expo thing? You heard, sure, sure. heard about I that, I went right? to one. I went to Expo 86. Right. I, I, I kind of wish they still did that, but they don't do yeah. that anymore. But, but back in 1950, there were two that were made one of them was actually debuted at a, at a world expo type thing um it was called bernie the or Ber, sorry birdie b-e-r-t-i-e birdie the brain and it was tic-tac-toe it was a, a, a like a, a a large type display with discrete circuitry and buttons that a person would push and on the other end was an actual circuit with a response that would, you know, you punch the zero and it puts the X somewhere and vice versa. But it was um, like, this is like war games kind of stuff. Yeah, but like, like in war games. old school, old. I mean, we're talking <laughs> well, like super, was. super old school, right? <laughs> and, and 1950. And then the other one was uh, uh, something called NIM, N-I-M. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so what? NIM was like a, a pyramid of matches, and you get to choose to remove a a matchstick or any number of matchsticks in any given row, and then the computer player, or if you were playing against a person, would then have their turn. And the idea is to leave the last person picking up that last match. Um and so they made this out of again like a a discrete circuit type of thing where it's it's you know a uh, 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 hard coded on a display 
and and all that was also in 1950. I had no idea. I had only heard of uh, Space War up to that point, being the oldest one. But just doing some digging, they kind of feel like they kind of define those two as an actual video game because it had an input, had a display, and had you know some sort of mechanical thing in the background, electrical thing, deciding you know, what that response would be based on your action. And uh, it was dynamic too. So, you know, you're playing tic-tac-toe. You might choose this square. You might choose that square type of thing. You might choose a different one after that. And it was able to respond accordingly. I was like fascinated that 70 years ago at this point, 70 years ago, they had something like that. And then the worst part was, is that after the the uh, birdie, the brain one, uh, was done. They destroyed it. They took it down, took it apart. It's gone. Doesn't exist mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, but that kind of made me start thinking about like all the different ways that video games are kind of like stored because they, they took it apart. They destroyed it. Like you couldn't really preserve that, right? You couldn't say, I mean, they could, they could have stuck it in a warehouse somewhere. But I thought you were getting ready to say, and then that young mainframe was Watson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every that day young, he grew. That mainframe went on to become <laughs> Watson. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, in a sense, you're right. In a sense, you're right. Somebody took that knowledge and, and put that in their head. And, you know, later on, they did something else. Well, just not the knowledge of what they accomplished, but the knowledge that it was possible. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's two things there that were proven. And and both of those, Nim and Birdie the Brain, which is Tic-Tac-Toe, are basically, it's just entertainment. They made this whole thing. (laughs) Birdie the Brain. I can't Well, I know. Crazy, right? Birdie the Brain. This is very serious, but it's Birdie the Brain. (laughs) Well, for, for the 1950s, you would have had to have thought... Oh, there has oh, to yeah. be a person True. behind that, right? There has to be flapp- a brain. Uh, they were all flappers back then, right? No, I, yeah. I think uh, flappers. I think at that <laughs> time it was more about pushing the boundaries of the computing power and seeing what they could accomplish with it. Because really, let's be realistic: tic tac toe, you can play with a pencil and a piece of paper. You don't need a computer to do that. Of course, they wanted to see if they could. Did, now, was it like a, a you playing against an it was it an artificial intelligence you played against that would make the well, other move? It would be extremely it... rudimentary, but yes, I mean it, it. It logically decided how, based on what your moves were, what to do. Right. Um, Just to know. block, basically block you, and yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's very but, cool. But all of that was done the same way that essentially that pong was done back in the day, right? It's an integrated. You know, type of well, cause, it's, yeah, a, it's you, a discrete circuit. You well, know, somebody you, you had, had a and, second player. Yeah, Pong. You could have the computer play against you, right? So it, it was on, light, like we thought it was like light. How is the other computer opponent seeing where the ball is? How can it? The yeah, computer and it's all just <laughs> wired with transistors and stuff to make that happen, right? But but now we talk about space war, right? Space war, the, the, the do, game I itself. Don't. Well, when I say we, I mean, right now, Smitty, it's the Royal. We, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the mainframe worked a little bit differently, right? It's not a, a set discrete circuit type of architecture. They actually had microprocessing available that could take your input and dynamically do some things with it. So it was a little bit different, but of course those mainframes took up a, a, a a warehouse, a room, you know, they were huge. They were massive. It's not something you're going to be able to take home. Pong, you could still, 
you know, they can shrink that down. You can take it home. You're watching the most exciting game you will ever see on your TV set. Telstar by Coleco with three different games. Telstar Tennis with digital scoring, variable speeds. Telstar Hockey. Each player controls a goalie plus a forward on the other side. Oops, a goal. And Telstar Singles Handball, a game you play yourself. Telstar Handball, Tennis, Hockey. All three at an exciting low price. For great family fun, hitch your TV to a Telstar. By Coleco. This episode brought to you by Fetch. Give the gift of play. Fetch is a game for dogs. What is it? It's a ball. We have large and small depending on your dog's preference or maybe their physical size. But while everyone is sheltering in place and hanging out with some social distancing, your dog is going through this too. So your dog might want a little game to play and heck, you might want a game to play with your dog. So how about a fun, safe, slightly minty taste ball do you know that personally have you have you checked that out and tested that yeah the the ball does have a minty uh smell and it does have a slight minty flavor hey if my dog was going to chew on it and i love my dog i at least had to taste it once right just to see but uh you know fetch is on sale currently at specialreservegames.com if you buy a game of fetch for twenty dollars and that includes free shipping in the united states we at Special Reserve will match that ball, giving one to another dog, a dog that's in need, a dog that's in a shelter that's been rescued. We work with an organization called Street Dog Project here in Dallas, Texas, where they rescue dogs that are in dire physical need, and then they rehab them and help get them fostered and hopefully eventually adopted out. So every single time someone buys a game of fetch for $20, you get a ball and a dog that's homeless, and dire physical need that's being fostered and sheltered also gets a ball. So why not give a game of fetch today? Go to specialreservegames.com, buy a game of fetch or two for your dog, and share the gift of play. Mm, and you're right, this this is minty. 